evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metza. I have a, a fella that uh, we've been banging around the same circles for 40 years. I believe this is the first time we've met face-to-face. Mr. Jeff Arundel is a great songwriter and a humanitarian. He's had his uh, fingers in many parts of the music business. For 30-plus years, he's been at the forefront of the Twin Cities music scene, not just as a se- uh, seasoned singer-songwriter, but as a record producer, indie label owner, a concert promoter, and uh, for those of you that, that are going to be uh, enjoying the Music in the Zoo Summer Concert Series, my uh, guest Jeff Arundel co-founded it with the late, great Sue McLean, a very good friend of yeah. both of ours. Jeff and Sue also did the annual Mill City Music Festival. Uh, I'm honored to say I played... Uh, a few of those and several times out at the zoo. He also created a wildly successful Lifescape uh, label for Target uh, that we're going to talk more about. I, a lot of my friends, like Daniel Mark, I think, yeah. recorded for you. And he was the guy who discovered and produced the lovely Carrie Noble. He's got a new record out called Now We Go. We've got a lot to talk about, uh, but without any further ado, uh, Jeff Arundel, welcome to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. Paul, thanks for having me. <clears throat> I've really enjoyed uh, the record. It sounds so good. And, of course, when I was looking at uh, who was involved with it, we have uh, Pat Frederick from the Daisy Dillman yep. Band, uh, Rob Genetic, one of the best yep. uh, engineers in town, and, of course, uh, the great Rob Arthur, friends of ours for, for yep. years and years and years. Uh, how many records have you put out over the years? This is the eighth. Wow. Yeah. And it was 30 years ago when I put out the first one that I think I might have sat in this room and was interviewed by Brian Turner. <laughs> the who great was BT. On the station, not this station, yeah. I don't know what station it was, but that was the last time I was in this building. So it's funny, isn't right. it, full cycle like that? Full circle, yeah. full cycle, and uh, like my favorite Bob Dylan line, take what you've gathered from coincidence. Hmm. This, uh, how long did it take you to, to make this record, Jeff? Yeah, you know, it... It came together over maybe three or four years. Really? You know, is it, people hear that and they think, wow, it's a long time. But, you know, it's not like you're pounding away eight hours a day. And right. Part of his songwriting, you know, and Paul, you know this, you know, it comes and you you get it going and then it ebbs a little bit and then all of a sudden it's back. And so, you know, right. And then you start writing songs. a song and you realize it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> you bail. Put the guitar and, away yeah. for a while. Yeah. So, I mean, but um, this one is different because the technology has changed so much from when you and I started. Sure. And so now I do the recording engineering and the technical editing and all that stuff. I do all that stuff myself. Wow. Because I really enjoy it. Yeah. And I want to have the paintbrush, you mm-hmm. know. And so in the old days, we'd have been in a studio and... If you even had the guts to have a comment, you'd say it to whoever was running right. it, and you know, but it was intimidating. And you know, now I get to really paint the picture I want to paint. And so I remember uh, I put out my first record. My well, my first record was 1982 with Catch of the Stars, a single. We did a reggae version of Louie Louie uh, for A Side, which confused the hell out of Robert Criscow at the Village Voice. And then in 84, I did my first record, Paper Tigers, and then did a couple singles in 85 and 86 at Metro Studio. Yeah. Have, that was a big, I was in there once. That was a, you know, the big console, right? Yeah. And, you know, intimidating. Yeah, right across yep. the street from the Monte Carlo. But yep. I remember back in the 80s, it was the era of the big drum sound. So you would go, you, they would spend hours getting their drum sound together. Yeah. Then they'd put you together, do your lead vocal, and you'd take five minutes, they go, great, and go back to the yeah. drum sound. No. You know? <laughs> I made a record with a fantastic musician, Charlie Drayton. Oh, in yeah, New York sure, City. the drummer. Yeah, drummer and bass player. And they the engineers were so intimidated by him. Right. That we have a joke, kind of those of us who are Rob Arthur was part of that, and it, it'd be like, you know, doosh, 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 working on the drum songs right, all day. Right. Doosh, doosh. Then, Jeff, play the guitar. You know, bing, 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 bing. All right, all right. Charlie. <laughs> doosh, doosh. You know, most of it was... That was exactly, that's exactly what I'm saying. Well, because the engineers wanted to impress the other engineers right. that were going to listen to it. Right. And, you know, it all got so out of whack. Uh, 
one of the reasons I started recording was because I met a guy, Dale Goulette. Sure. And, Limited uh, Warranty. He was the lead singer in Limited Warranty. But I he, played a gig with those guys, if you remember, the Carlton Celebrity yeah, Room. Probably, they were, uh, you know, they won Star Star. Yeah. It's a huge deal. Ed McMahon. Yeah, so, but... But what Dale really was was a recording engineer, mm -hmm. and so I started working on songs with him, and he told me that when Limited Warranty won uh, Star Search and then won the Atlantic Records contract, right. and they went to London, that they would record the drums one at a time. So in other words, the drummers at the kit, every drum is muted but the one drum they're recording, Wow! and then they start over and then record that drum and then that drum, and it just sounds... Like the worst thing I ever heard. Right. And, and the next thing you know, after the sound check, you're into the record company for 75 grand. And <laughs> for all this and you haven't even had lunch yet. Yeah. That's now going to be 77.5. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, those, de those massive deli trays. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Arundel, you've been involved with so many different parts of the music scene, and now you're running several clubs, that, which we'll talk about later uh, in the show. But... I remember you wrote a song called Harmon Killebrew, probably uh, next to Tony Oliva, along with I, along with uh, Kirby Puckett and Tony Oliva and a handful of others, probably the most beloved Minnesota twin of all time. Yeah. What, uh, and we're going to listen to it at the end of this segment on the Wall of Power Radio Bar, but what was your uh, inspiration for that song? And then I want to talk about your interplay and yeah. uh, with Harmon. Yeah, well, I first of all to set the record straight, I wrote it with a guy, Jeff Victor, really great oh, Minneapolis Jeff, yeah. musician, and we plays with Peter Himmelman. Yep, yeah, and he worked on of my eight records. He intensely worked on three of them. Yeah, and he became a real musical brother to me. Yeah, he first, was Sussman Lawrence. Yeah, the first time I heard him play, after about ten seconds, I said to myself. He's as sad as I am. <laughs> and that was our bond. And we were at a piano and doing this thing. And he's the one, actually, because we were doing what we did best, which is writing sad songs. Yeah. And he somehow came. He said something about Harmon Killebrew. Right. At first, I thought, well, that's never going to work. Right. But then, actually, it did. And Because it, it's not only about the nostalgia of it. And, Paul, the, the true story is... It is a true story, meaning the first line is, uh, thinking back to another time, 4th of July in 69, my pop dropped the top on the Pontiac, and we drove on down to Met Stadium. Right. But in 1969, on July 4th, my dad took me to the game on the 4th of July. Wow. And Harmon hit a grand slam and a three-run homer. <laughs> and we were sitting on the first base side. That's fantastic. Well, we're sitting on the first base side, and they look like pitching wedge right. balls. I just, right. Right. Moonshots, right? right, right, and so Victor says, "Harmon Killebrew," and so, so then I start saying, "Yeah, you know, there was this thing. My dad took me to the game." So it starts there, but it really gets into the second verse where it says, "I used to hate to hear my dad complain about the ways that the world has changed, but now I find I'm doing the same right. as the years go by." And it, it veers into this idea that you do at some point turns your dad well you do hear yourself saying the same stuff right. that your dad said to you and that little voice happens in your head and right. goes uh wait that my dad said you know right and then as you say we got to sing it for Harmon's. i think it was 60th birthday and pocket and oliva and and then jim mudcat grant oh, got sure. up and sang. and then tell they, me earl batty was there I, you know, I don't, I don't know if Earl was still with us or not. Boy, I could, I could think because I was so into the Twins from <clears throat> the, you know, from for sure '65 when they yeah. played the Dodgers yeah. in the World Series. But I could almost name who played in every position. You know, Rich Rollins, third base, yeah. Bob Ells. You know, yeah. yeah. You mean in the like the mid '60s? Yeah, and yeah. That, yeah. Jimmy Hall. Yeah, names right. that people wouldn't know now. Uh, and then Dave St. Peter knew about the song. And when Harmon died, I just emailed Dave St. Peter, right? And I was like, Dave St. Peter at the twins.com right. or something. And I figured, well, he'll never get this. And I emailed him and I said, Dave, because he and I knew each other from some sponsorship stuff. And I'd worked on some stuff with them. and But I didn't think my email would get in there. And right. I said, hey, if you want to use the Harmon song, just let me know. And in about 10 seconds, bam, he emailed me back. And he said, well... 
we want to use the song, but we think we want you to sing it at the funeral. Wow. And so that was at Target Field at that point. Wow. And we got down there. Jeff, I played guitar. Jeff played piano, and we sang it. When I, I always have somebody sing a verse with me, whether it's Pat. When we play as my band, Pat yeah. Frederick sings with me. And then because Jeff, when we play it live, if he plays, he sings. Because it's kind of our story together. Right. You know what I mean? We're the same age, and it's mutual right. story, so... So uh, they wouldn't let us walk on the field until we sang. Wow. They don't want anybody on the grass. It's Target Field. We're, or Target, yeah, Target Field. We're down there and, and uh, you know, we got to get ready to sing. You're going to sing when we tell you, do not step on that grass <laughs> until we tell you to walk. <laughs> what yeah. an amazing story. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's when you can tell your grandkids. We've got Jeff Arundel. We're going to listen to the song. Harmon Killebrew, and uh, then have Jeff on for the whole show tonight and list some other uh, great tracks from his new record, Now We Go. Thinking back to another time, 4th of July, 69, I dropped the top on the Pontiac and we drove on down. Down Cedar Avenue to the place where the home runs flew. We had a few miles left to go I put halls and halls on the radio And even with the volume down I'm so near that I could hear the sound of that rumble Number one source of the Twin Cities gay scene is all digital. Follow Twin Cities gay scene on Facebook and Twitter. Sign up for the Scene Shot email blast for weekly updates and chances to win great prizes. No app is needed to view the bi-weekly web editions of Scene. It's GLBTQ media for the mobile generation. Find it all at TwinCitiesGayScene.com. That's TwinCitiesGayScene.com. This is New Beginnings, hosted by award-winning broadcaster and speaker, Freddie Bell. Freddie, this generation of the baby boomers, people are living longer, so the baby boomers are taking care of elderly parents. Let's talk about your health, and specifically, let's talk about Medicare. Our show features the concerns of America's 78 million baby boomers in employment, finance, health and nutrition, and even entertainment. Catch New Beginnings with Freddie Bell, Saturdays at 11 on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Hi, Matt McNeil for Rudy Luther Toyota. My first Toyota and the vehicle which made me fall in love with Toyotas was the RAV4. Now, Toyota is just teasing me as they have an all-new, fully redesigned RAV4. It's gorgeous. A distinct exterior that pops and a refined interior which has everything you want and room to move. And the big news is the RAV4 now comes in a hybrid version. Remember, every new Toyota comes with Toyota Care. Two years of free maintenance. Test drive the new RAV4 today at Rudy Luther Toyota, the southeast corner of 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. Hello, humans. This is me, Ellie Krug, with Ellie 2.0 Radio on Monday mornings from 7 to 8 a.m. Our theme this week is yearning for change. I'll highlight hashtag never again. The political movement started by the Parkland, Florida students following the Valentine's Day 2018 mass shooting at their school. Then we'll speak to a true idealist, Robin Wolpert, a Minneapolis lawyer working for those whom society leaves behind. LE 2.0 Radio, engaging in real on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Seward Co-op, serving the community for nearly 45 years, invites you to shop their two convenient locations, both offering the strong commitment to local producers and healthy foods you've come to expect. Seward focuses on locally grown and raised products, fair trade, and environmental sustainability. Shop their selection of meats, artisan cheeses, and house-made baked goods. Find Seward at 2823 East Franklin Avenue or the Friendship Store on 38th Street and 3rd Avenue in Minneapolis. More at seward.coo. Hi, I'm Dr. Scott Shambot from Shambot Family Dentistry. We're the fear-free, get-you-out-of-pain-now dental office. We always offer a free exam and x-rays for new patients because we believe you shouldn't have to pay to find out what's wrong with your teeth. Call today. We're open early and late and Saturdays to fit your schedule. 
As my daughter Rachel says, If you don't see my dad, please see another dentist. Take care of your teeth because they're the only ones you get. Call 1-800-FIX-MY-TEETH or visit fixmyteeth.us. guest Jeff Arendal's song Devil in the House off his new record Now We Go You've been involved Jeff in so many different facets uh, of the music business but let's talk about I was just looking at the lineup for Music in the Zoo this summer and uh, I've I've had the pleasure of playing there uh, opening up several shows uh, and I was at the uh, uh, honor of having my friend Sue McLean book yeah, me out there. Yeah. And uh, what, uh, how did the whole, because it's one of the most popular uh, concert series in Minnesota in the summertime, and that amphitheater at the zoo is amazing, and yeah. they always bring the bird out yeah. uh, to introduce the shows. Who came up with the idea of let's start doing shows at the yeah. zoo? Uh I had gotten to know Sue, same way you did, you know, because she was booking the Guthrie, and I yeah. was begging her to let me open a show or something. Right. We got to know each other, and, uh, you know, I already had a company that was working on music stuff and everything, and, uh, you know, we got to talking, so she did join the company. She left being employed by the Guthrie, and we started, first it was Triad Entertainment, then right. it was sure, Compass Entertainment, that, yeah. and so she joined. And one of the first things we talked about is that she had been talking to the zoo about the amphitheater. And it's a very complicated thing because the production has to get set up and taken down every show. Right. And that is so punishing if you think about it. And, uh, you know, you can't leave the stage up. You can't leave the roof up. Everything's got to go up and come down. The sound, everything. And so it had been a riddle that had never been solved. Right. And so she and I... Started working on it, and the zoo had a person, Sharon Foster, who was uh, their person doing the deal. And we figured out kind of the nuts and bolts of doing this. And so the first year we did five shows, right? That seemed Herculean, by the way. And what year was that, Jeff? Oh, man, 95, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I was going to say, but it's been gone for 20-some years. And, but the, the room is so compelling, because you've stood on that stage, oh, yeah. and it's like, whoosh, they're yeah. right there. You and there's know? always a little sun shower, like right there's, before the show. Or the mosquitoes. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Little, And so, you know, the, but the, the setting is so seductive and irresistible. Oh, my God, it's incredible. And so now the idea of mounting 40 shows. Right. And I, I've talked a little bit to the people, Kim and, and Sue's niece that run the company now, about why not build? There's land out there. Why not build something where the birds don't have to vacate and right. the thing can stay up the whole time and it never seems to go anywhere. But it's it's kind of the only thing, Paul, that's ever worked. In right. other words, for all the stuff we tried as a concert promoter and we tried everything and that thing lost so much money sure. every year other than the Music in the Zoo series huh. as it grew and it became the one thing. And then it came time for us not to do it anymore. And so we, I said to Sue, look, we, we, we're not going to do it anymore, but you should le- go and take the zoo. Right. And so that started Sue McLean and Associates because it's Sue, do it. And she was my dear friend. And, you know, and then I later was working on some stuff with the twins and I got back. I asked her to come and help on that. So we stayed connected right up there till the she end. She was uh, one of the greatest independent promoters in America and also one of the few female promoters in a male-dominated business, as we both know. 
I've got. A, I've t- told this story before. I don't know if I've told it on the air, but uh, I saw Leo Kotke at the Guthrie in '72. We drove down through a snowstorm from the Iron Range. I walked out of there. I was in 11th grade, and I said, "This is what I want to do yeah, for cool. a living." I mean, I've been playing guitar for several years. Yeah. And my only goal was to play the Guthrie. Yeah. And through the largesse of Sue McLean, she booked me there seven times. Yeah. And I played with the Neville Brothers, Roseanne Cash, yeah. uh, um, J.J. Kale, uh, and then and, and so Leon Russell and Edgar Winter, which was a crazy yeah. show to hang out backstage for. And then uh, I sold it out in 94 with my 10-piece band. Last time my mother saw me play, she passed away uh, just uh, several months later. And so... I owe most of the biggest part of my career to Sue McLean. So mm. I saw her. I think she passed what about six years ago, something like I, that. If it's that, that would, if you said to me how long ago, I'd say two years. Yeah, which means it's six years. Yeah, right. You know. Well, so I see. I saw her at a funeral of uh, Cool Breeze, Dave. Dave Brown. Well, that was her boyfriend yeah, for a for, while. Yeah, they yeah. weren't going out at the time, and, and, and she looked sick. And then I found out that her cancer yeah. had returned. And uh, I finally, through the grapevine, I didn't want to bother her, but I, but I heard she was very sick. So I called her up on Wednesday, the week she passed. And we had the most marvelous discussion. Yep. And I told her how much I love yep. her. And, and in fact, when my mother passed, I gave her a pair of my mother's earrings. And, and uh, she was so kind. She said how much she loved me. And we had this great conversation. And uh, uh, at the end of the conversation, um, there was a guy named Rodriguez that was just rediscovered, and he was playing. Yeah, the, I went and saw him. Yeah, yeah. At, at, at the Fitzgerald. Yep. So Sue is very sick, and uh, she didn't need a ton of medication. So we get done with the conversation, and we said what we needed to say to give you that closure and that close friendship. And right before she hangs up, she goes, oh, by the way, uh, I, I've got two comps for you for Rodriguez yeah. on yeah, Saturday. Right on. She passed away two days yeah. later. Yeah, you know but what? Such a pro. Sweet. That's really sweet. We were at the office when she found out she had cancer for the first time. And I remember that, like, she trooped back in. I mean, she was so scrappy. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, she was just a scrapper, was yeah. kind of scrapper way in and out of it. And she did beat it the first time. Yeah. And, you know, that's how she played the game. I mean, she was a early woman in a, in a, I mean, there aren't any women today maybe in that business. Yeah. You know, it's a scrappy business and she stood in there, threw the punches, took yeah. the punches. Well, and, and Patricia, uh, her, her, yeah, her niece, her right. niece and, and Kimberly Gottschalk right. are doing a great yep. job. And her daughter, Lily, who she adopted from mm-hmm. Mexico, just graduated from high school. In fact, yeah. I got to remind me, I got to get a card out to her. Uh, yeah, we can't say enough good things about uh, Sue McLean. Paul, was there anything like, because I got to play on that stage, too. Yeah. And that was the greatest. The Guthrie? That thrust stage. Oh, my God. The old Guthrie in the pin quiet. That was the greatest. I, you know, and I tried to save that. The Guthrie for seven years when the, the Walker decided yeah. they needed to destroy one of the greatest works of art in the Twin Cities uh, built by uh, Ralph Rapson, one of the yep. greatest modernist architects, longtime Minneapolis uh, resident. We That's several shows we could do on that. But I told people, Jeff, it was like standing in the sound hole of the world's yeah. largest guitar. Yeah. And, and then you're that. standing on the stage of John Coltrane played at Miles Davis, yeah. Frank Zappa, yeah. Springsteen. We're talking with Jeff Arundel on the Wall and Power Radio Hour. We'll be back after these messages. Eat fresh and support local farmers this summer by shopping at the Minneapolis Farmer's Market. The market has the best selection of fresh and local fruits and vegetables, meats, and farmstead goods. It's not too late to pick up plants and flowers. Also, fresh at the market is asparagus, rhubarb, and green onions. The Minneapolis Farmer's Market is open every day, 6 a.m. to 1 p.m., plus there's additional locations Tuesdays at the Hennepin County Government Center and Thursdays at Nicollet Mall. More details at mplsfarmersmarket.com. You're listening to AM950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, the most informative source for progressive politics and news in the Twin Cities. 
Get involved online at am950radio.com where you can sign up for our weekly newsletter. Check out the local businesses that help make this content available and stay up to date on the latest news and upcoming events. You can always reach us by email at comment at am950radio.com. That's comment at am950radio.com. Thanks for listening. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces is having their annual service special. Every stove, insert, and fireplace needs maintenance. Get it done now and save $40. You'll be ready to fire up before the cold weather hits again. From 94, take the Riverside Avenue exit and go east to 2901 Franklin Avenue. See the Twin Cities' most diverse selection of clean-burning, reliable, and environmentally smart stoves and fireplaces. Hi, I'm Peter Solak, owner of Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces. Have you ever watched your dog or cat curl up front of a fire like a Norman Rockwell painting brought to life. It's primordial the way fire touches both the animal and the human. We have the equipment and the know-how to supply, install, and maintain stoves and fireplaces. Call us at 612-338-6606 and take advantage of our spring cleaning and maintenance special. We are online at woodlandstoves.com. The mission and the passion of Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces is to make the fire work for you. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces, out of the ordinary products and services since 1977. Burger Moe's gorgeous patio is open for the season. Enjoy nightly happy hours, more than 60 beers on tap, and the weather while you watch your favorite game on the outdoor screen. And don't miss live music Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. Offering 20 fresh, never-frozen burger varieties, Burger Moe's also offers delicious appetizers, soups, salads, as well as unburgers, dogs, paninis, shakes, and desserts. Burger Moe's is located at 242 West 7th Street in St. Paul with plenty of free parking and online at BurgerMoe's.com. I'm Connie Burek, co-host of Awakened Living Infusion Radio Show. Join Michelle Kitzmiller and I as we focus on all aspects of health, wellness, spirituality, and growth from a mind, body, spirit, emotion perspective. On the Awakened Living Radio Show, we will discuss stress, self-care, fear, happiness, beliefs, communication, joy, pain, trauma, and more. Join us for the Awakened Living Infusion Radio Show Saturdays at 10 a.m. Let us share with you ways to infuse vitality into life. With your AM 950 weather, this is Eric Nelson. Tonight will be mostly clear with a low around 48. Sunday, sunny with a high near 72 and a low around 51. Monday will be sunny with a high near 78 and a low around 61, while Tuesday will be rainy with temperatures in the 70s. EatLocalMinnesota.com's Restaurant of the Week is Burger Moe's. Offering 20 fresh, never-frozen varieties of burgers, as well as delicious apps, soups, salads, dogs, paninis, shakes, and desserts. Burger Moe's is the perfect gathering spot before or after XL Energy events. Right, you are back with the Wall of Power Radio Hour. Paul Metzi is your host. My guest, uh, Jeff Arundel. I want to give a shout out too to the Divas, uh, Iron Range based, great. Uh, the Andrew Sisters of the modern time for the Iron Range who uh, cut that little bumper music for the show several years ago up in Virginia, Minnesota. Sounds like they were standing around the upright piano in the VFW up there. I mean, (laughs) that's pretty much what it was. Yeah. So Jeff, um, let's talk about some of the things you've got going on. You've got your new record out. Now we go, are you doing a, have you done a CD release party? Yeah, well, we're uh, doing it. It's so ironic, isn't it, Paul? Number one, we don't call them CD release parties. There are CDs, but no one's going to buy them. So they're record release parties. Right. And we have this joke, you'll appreciate it, where it used to be make CD, sell CD, make new CD. Then it was make CD, give CDs away, make new CD. Right. Now it's make record, make new record. Because nobody knows what to do in the middle with, in the middle anymore, <laughs> right? So we're having a record release party on June 7th. There's a room, and you need to play this room, next to the Aster. Okay. And it's called the River Room. Okay. And we have the ability, it's an event space, a very intimate event space. And we have the ability to put up a little thrust stage. Oh, nice. A little mini Guthrie stage. Oh, that's a, cool. Yeah, with 120 seats. Really? I'll show you a picture of it. Beautiful little room. And so we're doing a show on Friday, June 7th. Great. And another guy, you know, Robert Wilkinson. Oh, yeah, I know Bob. be our special guest. And it's me and the band that recorded the record, and they're called the Hamsman. Okay. Two M's. And uh, you can get 
tickets for that at astercafe.com. Great. Well, this uh, this um, great because uh, the show's airing on Saturday, uh, yeah. a few days before, so that'll be perfect. Yeah. Now, uh, getting back to you talking about uh, trying to sell music these days, you are giving away your record for free. Yep. On, is it jefferndell.com? Yep, com. You can download this record or stream the record. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've seen, you've been on all, kind of all parts yep. of the equation, uh, but now you're running, how many uh, clubs that uh, you're a part of that are having live music right now? There's, well, there's three restaurants and two event spaces, and there's live music in three of those five. Right. And in the River Room, not as much. There's a, we have a place, The Hideaway, which would be kind of a hibbing feeling to right. a Northwoods burger place. Cool. And there's music in there. and Do that's, you have pasties? You know we should. You should. And you've probably been to that place, Iron Ranger on oh, Grand I, Avenue. I was there three weeks ago. Yeah. I had a pasty there. Yeah. One to you go. know what? we got to do that this winter. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, you may have a Metza recipe oh, for yeah. this, right? So we do music there, and that's mainly solo. I have a great recipe for martinis. The Mezza Martini? Yeah. Who doesn't want that? <laughs> 15 bucks. But premium Martini. Yeah, Mezza you martini. just uh, you throw them. You know what? We'll do that, too. Yeah. Is that the thing where you dump the booze in there and wave the um, vermouth bottle at it? Exactly. <laughs> That's the perfect yeah. Martini. So anyway, well, you know, I just want to say, just because uh, I can do... Are you a Martini guy? Yeah, I had one. Okay, once. well, we'll have to go out and uh, Uber. I'll meet you wherever at one of your joints uh, because the perfect martini should conjure images of Greta Garbo skinny dipping in an Arctic lake. Right on. <laughs> That's an image that one doesn't come by on their own. So one might need the Mets martini to gather that we'll, we'll, image together. We will work on that, Jeff Arundel. So, um,. What else do you got going on? So you're running, what, five different joints yeah. right now? Yeah, it's a, yeah I, I kind of got into this by accident because there's a fantastic place. Have you ever played the 318 Cafe in Excelsior? I know where it is. We got to get you out there, too. Are you running that? No, no, but I played there for 20 years. Yeah. And it's the greatest little 50-seat listening mm -hmm. room. It's a cafe by day, wine bar by night. Yeah. And it's really cool. And the guys that owned that, they don't no longer own it, but the guys that did became my friends. And we Was said, that Tom Peterson? Tom Peterson yeah. and Matty O'Reilly. And we said, why isn't there a place like this in Minneapolis? You know, and now I is Matty the guy that has the Republic, too? Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's a restaurant guy. So yeah. uh, I had another really old friend who owns the real estate down on the river, and he said, a guy named John Ramarsic, he said, go, uh, go look at the Aster. And so we went down there, and I was like, wait, this will work great. Yeah. And very quickly, what we thought was going to be this coffee shop, little music venue, exploded into this crazy, eclectic Parisian cafe. Right. And so I, you know, one thing led to another, and the whole thing has kind of tumbled from there. So well, that's fantastic. It's, yeah, it's it's daunting and rewarding at the same time. Yeah. And you're right on the, the Mississippi River, yep. which is something we take so for granted in the Twin yeah. Cities, is that beautiful river. Yeah. It, it was, it was, because you, we, those of us who grew up in town, you know, that thing was abandoned. Yeah. It, it wasn't, I mean, nobody went down there. Right. But like all the major cities that have that amenity now, everybody's glorifying it, redoing it. Right. And so it is really beautiful. As well there. they should. Well, you yeah. know, you probably remember back when it was called River Place. Sure I do. They had some outdoor shows yeah, there. Yeah, I played there. I opened up for David Allen Coe. Uh, and, I remember uh, that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, badass. Total badass. And he, it was funny because I, I was doing my set and David hadn't shown up yet. And all of a sudden, this 20-foot black limo shows up. And it's David Allen Coe driving the limo. Really? <laughs> yeah. It was great, yeah. And then I got to be good friends with his, his wife was there, so she'd send me Christmas cards, pictures of David and her and the kids, and uh, yeah, it nice. was great. And then, uh, and then uh, my friend uh, Pat Denisio played there with the Smithereens, and I met uh, Pat when I did my first gig at Folk City in New York in the June of '86. Pat was the sound guy 
network in the door. And, yeah. then, and then they just in that year, the smithereens just yeah. exploded. So he would come. He played there. And then I took him uh, to Nye's. And uh, you remember Ruth Adams, of course, sure. the world's most dangerous yeah. polka band. She goes, uh, he goes, it looks like she's sleep- she's playing. He goes, looks like she's sleeping. Yeah. I go, she is. Yeah. <laughs> but it's great that, you know, they had, uh, I forget the, what was, I think it was Al, the uh, drummer. The drummer was 90 years old. Yeah. Uh, she was in her 70s. And Al would always remind Ruth, and they used to play three or four yeah. nights a week, would always remind Ruth, Remember, no more than six beers. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. You know, I know they couldn't keep it going. You know, yeah. I used to go in there and see Molly Mayer on oh, Wednesday sure. nights. And, you know, it was a terrible setup. I mean, it's a long, narrow thing. They're kind of crammed in one corner. I think they had one speaker. Yeah. For vocals or whatever. Right. And But you'd kind of wedge down in that one end. and Or the uh, new primitives would all well, you know, walk Jeff. down there and... You know, when I I moved back from New York in 96, I played every joint in town. I was looking for a new place to play. So I went over to Nye's, and I just loved that stage. And so I said, hey, I'll tell you what. Give me a Sunday night, 100 bucks, a martini, and a prime rib sandwich in in six weeks. And if I can't make it happen, we'll shake hands as part as friends. I ended up playing there three, four nights a week for almost four years. And that is how... Uh, I was living in this duplex that I still live in the Northeast, and my landlord was bugging me to buy it. So I went to the bank that I'd been banking at for years, and they said, Paul, yeah, bank loan. We love you here, yeah. trust me, but you, you're a musician. You have no steady income. I go, no, I've got three years of pay stubs from Nice, which is how I bought my house. That's so cool. So I call it the house that Nice built. built. Yeah. yeah. Right <laughs> a lot of history yeah. now. Typically that the residency stuff only works for a little window if yeah. you made that work for four years yeah you join mick sterling and the stud brothers i mean yeah. there's a group that all had a window that was way longer than anybody's window ever was. well i've been i've been doing eight years of thursday nights five to seven thirty with willie walker at shaw's yeah but i'm kind of the king of the house cakes in a way i did four years of tuesdays with cats under the stars at 400 I did four years of or five 237 consecutive Tuesdays at the Five Corners, yeah, and uh, and then seven years of Friday and Saturday happy hours at at uh, Famous Dave's. But we're not here to talk no, about. But I do want to ask you a question. Yeah. Where did you play your first public gig? At the Skyway Lounge in Minneapolis. So it wasn't up north. Oh no, I I I've been playing up north for years. You're not in Minneapolis. Your first My time first getting gig, out I was, in front of people. I was twelve years old. And uh, I had a little duo called Paul and Christian. My buddy was named Chuck Christensen. And we started playing together in fifth grade. We, we wow. thought we were the Iron Rangers answer to Simon and Garfunkel or Peter and Gordon. Yep. And uh, we actually had a pretty good thing going on. So our first gig was at the Lions Club upstairs for some kind of event, uh, maybe a Christmas show or something. Yeah. And, you know, we're 12 years old. Uh, they passed the hat for us. We made $12 a piece. Yeah. Now, you had to almost mow yeah. lawns all summer to yeah. make $12 yeah, yeah, yeah. in 1968. Yeah. You thought we got something yeah. here. Yeah. But my first gig in Minneapolis was at the Skyway Lounge. And did you know what uh, the guy that ran it? We've got Marty Keller sitting over here on the side, Skyway Lounge. Was that the IDS Theater? Is that what that was? Well, or? it was right next to it. But uh, Reggie Callahan. Uh, ran it at the time, and I ran down a cassette and a promo pack. Now, Reggie, I'd like to think he's passed on. I'd like to think this is what it says on his tombstone. Reggie Callahan booked the Rolling Stones' first gig in 1962 at Reggie's Danceland in Excelsior, booked the Beatles in 1965 at Met Stadium, gave them their first gig in Minneapolis, and gave Paul Metza his first yep. gig in Minneapolis yep. 1978. Or maybe not in that order. Maybe we start with Metza and we work out. We got you know, you know we got to get rid of this guy Marty Keller as the publicist. I think I might have to hire you, Jeff. See, we just is <laughs> turning into nostalgia hour, and I like it. Um, but yeah, I think you played the ground round. Deal, oh yeah, I did that. Yes, you know, yes. I was in a duo with another guy, and we did that for. That was actually a kind of a happening scene yeah, because was there great. was six or eight between yeah. here and St. Cloud. You can roll around, yeah. and then I know another place. Uh, which is Tauros of Aspen. Yeah, sure. And you must have played oh, there yeah. too, right? Mm-hmm. 
Is there time for me to tell a Toro story? Let's save it for the next segment because we want to listen to uh, your song, Friends, because we were talking yep. about a lot of friends yep. in this segment. Old Elton John song by my guest, Jeff Arendelle, and then Jeff will be back for the last segment on the Wall of Power Radio Hour. of the Twin Cities Gay Scene is all digital. Follow Twin Cities Gay Scene on Facebook and Twitter. Sign up for the Scene Shot email blast for weekly updates and chances to win great prizes. No app is needed to view the bi-weekly web editions of Scene. It's GLBTQ Media for the mobile generation. Find it all at TwinCitiesGayScene.com That's TwinCitiesGayScene.com Hi, I'm Dr. Scott Shamblot from Shamblot Family Dentistry. We're the fear-free, get-you-out-of-pain-now dental office. And I'm Rachel Shamblot. Did you know a lot of people are afraid of the dentist? You don't need to be afraid of my dad. He makes going to the dentist comfortable and even fun. We don't care if you're a dental regular or haven't seen a dentist in years. We just want to make you comfortable and get you out of pain. If you don't see my dad, please see another dentist. Take care of your teeth because they're the only ones you get. Call 1-800-FIX-MY-TEETH or visit fixmyteeth.us. Do yourself a favor and check out the amazing cuisine of EatLocalMinnesota.com. More than just a website, EatLocalMinnesota.com provides you with the best local and independently owned restaurants in the Twin Cities. Enjoy made-from-scratch cooking at the family-owned Milton's, specializing in dishes like award-winning ribs and plank salmon grilled up on their charcoal grill. Satisfy any sweet tooth with incredible desserts like Bananas Foster. Milton's menu also includes gluten-free options and a large selection of local craft beers. Reservations accepted for groups of five or more. Specializing in Szechuan and Peking cuisine, the Great Wall Chinese Restaurant has been a local favorite since 1981. They offer one of the most extensive menus in the Twin Cities. Favorites include the sesame chicken, imperial beef, and Peking duck. The Great Wall Restaurant is located off 45th and France with takeout available too. More at greatwallrestaurant.us. Food nourishes us. We need food to live. But how are we nourishing the food system? Well, actually, we're throwing a bunch of chemicals, and we're making the dirt dead, and then we're adding nitrates to the water, and we're causing dead zones in the ocean. Oh, and we're also causing climate change. We do that with every bite we eat. But we can create something different. We can switch to a regenerative system. And that's what we talk about every week on Food Freedom Radio. So tune to Food Freedom Radio Saturdays at 8 a.m. or anytime via podcast. Food Freedom Radio on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. The entire buying experience with Rudy Luther Toyota is so worthwhile. Every new Toyota comes with Toyota Care, two years of free maintenance with every new Toyota purchased. Their super staff is wonderful, always ready to help. And there's the Luther Advantage card. With every new and used vehicle purchase, you'll get three years of 10 cents off per gallon of gas at holiday station stores, as well as discounted car washes. The Luther Advantage card keeps you happy in your Rudy Luther vehicle. Head on over to Rudy Luther Toyota, 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. It's a beautiful world, it's a moment in time This is our time to run, let's get up on the line Now we go, now we fly, now we float Flying high, look out below Now we go Welcome back to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metz. We just heard the title track of Jeff Arundel's new record, 
called Now We Go. Jeff, in the last segment, you asked me about some of my first gigs. Where were some of your first gigs? Uh, I was a little later in the game. So my first one might have been when I was 16. Okay. At the malt shop. 20 years ago. Yep. 17 years ago. <laughs> the malt shop, sure. Did you? And the guy Dick, he was he was from Virginia. One of the owners they, of that, yeah. Well, they had an upright piano in there, and so the idea was you'd troop in there and sit on the bench of the piano and get the guitar out. Yeah. No PA or anything. Right. And, and kind of yodel into the abyss mm-hmm. of whatever was happening and singing Dan Fogelberg songs sure. kind of quietly while people were eating. You know, you remember the feeling of your hands shaking so bad right. that you kind of couldn't play the guitar, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. practicing it. It's like, this is, I've got, you know, and then you get out there, ah, right. you know, the right. choke moment. Right. Yeah. And then you drop, if you were, you know, I've had a couple of those situations over the years when back when I was using finger picks, you get a little nervous and then the thumb pick drops right into the sound hole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then you got to get it out in front of people. You know, it's like crazy. I only play with you know. I'm like Mark Knopfler. I'd like to say we both play with our hands, no picks. Right. But then sometimes, like I've cut my finger here from strumming, and all of a sudden the blood's on the strings, and the strings are getting real (laughs) sticky, and you know, getting bad. Right. So, so once again, uh, tell us uh, now. We go is out. You can listen to it for free at is it jeffarendel.com. Yeah. A-R-U-N-D-E-L yep. dot com. And uh, you've got a show coming up next week. Yep. Yep. I want to take one second. Now we go is this family phrase we have. Okay. And I got three brothers and, and I have two boys and a daughter and they've got boys. And so the my sons and their sons are great friends and they developed this phrase, now we go, which has run through the family and become part of the lexicon of the family now. And it's, now we go. Like, you and I might say, well, uh, you know, let's A, B, or C. And it's like, yeah, let's roll. Now we go. Now we go, <laughs> right. Paul. And I I just thought, you know what? I love that phrase. Yeah. And so my son, who's a really good songwriter and <laughs> has a record out. Uh, what's, his, I, what's his name? Steel Arendelle. Okay. He's got a really great record, Cloud House. And... Uh, we, we wrote the song. That's and then a great we, name for a record. Yeah, and then I got to sing the song. So it's a duet okay. with my son. And that's where Now We Go comes from. And when we play that song live, people seem to really connect to the, like, oh, I get it. Like, well, I didn't get it when I saw it, but now, now that I heard it, I do get what you mean. This kind of uplifting, like, let's roll. Yeah. You know, so that's where that came from. The show is uh, Friday, June 7th uh, in the River Room, which is next to the Astor Cafe. Uh, 8 p.m., and we got a really great special guest, Robert Wilkinson, the epic frontman from yeah. the Flamin' Oles. And then you can get tickets at astercafe.com. There's some seats left. Fantastic. And it's a beautiful little room, and uh, we're going to get you to play down there. I would love to. Days. Yeah. I would love You know, it's funny, speaking of Wilkinson, you'd never uh, believe to see the three of us down at the YWCA downtown where we work out. But Wilkinson works out down there, so I bump into him. And also Steve Bransick from the uh, suburbs and and me. Of course, my workout is 10 cannonballs in the sauna. But, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, Robert's having a great uh, renaissance yeah. so with his own yeah. career and his own music. Yeah. Really right cool guy. Yep. Good dad, yep. you know. Yep. So... Let's, uh, we just got a couple minutes, Jeff. So what did, uh, you're running. Should I, should I tell you the Toros thing quick? Oh, yeah, yeah, please. Yeah, Vikings, we're going to go back. Yeah, go Vikings ahead. had the bad season, the last 83, maybe, the three and 13 or Les whatever. Deckel. I'm in Toros. I'm setting up the gear. It's a Thursday. We got to set up the PA. There's a table of four <clears throat> gargantuan guys right. in the middle of the upstairs where you played. They're the only guys in there. It's five o'clock. Right. They're pretty noticeably hammered. Right. <clears throat> I'm setting up the gear. I feel a tap on my shoulder. I turn around. It's a guy they had for that one year, Ray Yakovanis. He's six feet nine. Right. He says to me, Dave wants to play a song. <laughs> right? I didn't know it. Dave? And he says, yeah, Dave, uh, who was the all-pro tight end we had for the uh, couple years? Dave, uh, oh, God, I can't believe I can't remember. It's Dave Casper. Okay, yeah, right. He's been on right, the right, right. Raiders, all-pro. Dave Casper wants to play a song. Well, we're not going to say no, right? So we hook them up. It's 5 o'clock. People are eating downstairs. 
Casper starts strumming and playing. The sound is echoing through the thing because it's a, a chalet. Right. And it was a song about the best horse. It wasn't the one song about the best whorehouse in Texas, but it was a song <laughs> about a whorehouse in Texas, delivered in a very mellow, crooner way. Yeah. And then, you know, he got done, nodded at me, handed me the guitar, and kind of staggered back to the table. Yeah. And the joke was, what did Dave Casper play? And the answer was, anything he wanted to. <laughs> exactly. We weren't going to say no. Yeah. Well, I remember, three. you know, when you if, when you play enough gigs, you, you, you have those moments that somebody walks in and no matter how long you've been playing for, it you get terrified because you want to do as well as you can. I remember I was opening up for somebody at the Dakota when Jack Morris walked in. And it's like you want to play, you want to have your A game happening, you know, because these are your your hometown heroes. So we got about a minute left, Jeff, Arundel. So what uh, what's coming up? You got a plan for the I, next six months to a year? Well, yeah, you know, I play with, you know, Billy McLaughlin? Oh, yeah, I've Billy, had Billy on the yeah. my radio show. Yeah, I love him and my he, TV show. He and I go on these little tours together. He's my old high school buddy, and we've played together love our whole death. lives. So he and I are going to hit the road a little bit in June and in October, so we'll be playing some music. Um, and so I've got some of that set up. And then, you know, down on the river, we have three, these, these places I have are all in a row. Yeah. I mean, it's all within 100 yards of each other, so... You know, this weather is so nuts. Yeah. You know, and it's, is it November 7th? Right. Is it not? Right. You know, right. the, the Monday of Memorial Day weekend might as well have been. Right. So we're just going to be down there. Come down and see us, Paul. The patios are great. We got hams on tap. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's the Jefe Urban Hacienda is Mexican, and the Hideaway is a Hibbing Burger Bar, and then the Astra's the eclectic. And we're going to get some pasties there soon. It's going to be the Mezza Martini. I'm serious <laughs> about this. You think I'm not? It's going to be the Mezza Martini and the. I always say pasty, but I'm talking about the wrong thing. Yeah, you are pasty. That's, if you say pasty, you have to have two of them. Yeah, pasty, you can just have yeah. one. Yeah. Jeff Arundel, this has been a really yeah, great conversation pleasure. and literally the first time I think we've met yeah. face-to-face. So, jeffarundel.com, you can listen to his music for free, and he's got a show next Friday night at the River Room on the River. Jeff, this was fantastic. Yeah, thanks a lot, Paul. For All right, man. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. The show was produced by Paul Metza, engineered by... Brett Johnson in the basement of the AM950 studio on Eden Prairie, which is neither Eden nor Prairie. If you have a business or an event coming up and you would like to reach a committed audience via the Wall of Power Radio Hour, get a hold of me via the station at comment at am950radio.com. You can check out my website at paulmetza.com. I'm at Shaw's Bar with Willie Walker every Thursday night, Northeast Minneapolis. Hope you're enjoying the summer like my dad used to tell me. Remember to be kind and make someone happy.